Welcome back, folks. It's Locked On Chiefs here with Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. We're going to get into not only the, the official reactions, you know, the, the, the wise man reactions to these cuts and not just my takes, but also about what's going on as they get ready to wrap up the preseason against the Vikings. We're going to get into that right now, right here on Locked On Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Matt Derrick is back. Um, are, have you melted is my first question. Close to it. And I credit to the players for, for not melting because, uh, yeah, according to my forecast, the heat index at the end of practice today, which is a little after 3 o'clock central time, was 104 degrees. And there were a lot of guys taking a knee at the end of practice today. So that was a scorcher. But I'm home. I have wrung out my clothes. I have showered. I I feel somewhat normal again. Okay, good for you. I'm glad. (laughs) There's there's a run on the cold tub there at uh, at the facility, I'm sure. Um, Any heat-related issues for anybody that was out there practicing? Doesn't appear to be. I mean, I think the players, you know, held up pretty well. And and these were... A little bit different practices, um, you know. They were not what I would call full speed speed practices. Um, no heavy contact, anything like that. So, uh, yeah, and they ran about two hours, so maybe a little bit shorter than you would expect under a, a normal conditions. And I think the coaches just took it easy on them a little bit. So, um, a lot of game planning. I mean, this week, you know, they're they're really kind of implementing the game plan practice. I mean, you don't game plan too much for a preseason game. But, I mean, this is the dress rehearsal week. This is the week where you kind of go through everything. So, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, putting at least putting in some looks for the Vikings, seeing what, how that happens. But, basically, this is the week you just go through everything that you would in a normal game week to make sure everything's, you know, working correctly. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do and gets the drill down. I, I think we should get into that a little, little bit deeper in the next – after the first break because I, we got to go back a little bit and get your reaction to – the cuts that came down yesterday, obviously, it was planned to be a five-guy cut. We knew that was coming. But the people, the five guys that they included, I think maybe grabbed a lot of people by surprise. They've heard my opinion. What was your take on what happened and why it happened? Yeah, I was a little surprised that they went ahead and made the cuts now with Taco Charlton and Will Parks. Not that they weren't you know, possible on the possible spectrum. Um, both those guys were on my bubble and they were at the bottom of the bubble. Um, you know, just based on if you just looked at what the snap counts were and you looked at the, what the depth chart was at training camp and practices, uh, the evidence was there. You know, sometimes you think that you're going to give veterans a little bit more time, especially a guy like, you know, Charlton, who's been battling an injury from last season is coming back. Um, Parks late arrival, you know, in, in the, with the team, maybe give him a little bit more time. But I think in both these cases, it was simple that, Chiefs decided eight more days wasn't going to make a difference. That the, they weren't going to be making the roster, likely even if there were, you know, an injury. So if that's the case, you know, with those two veterans, I think they just wanted to say, hey, give them another chance to hook on with another team. Um, remember, it's it's a little bit easier right now if you're on the free agent market because with the way the cuts are right now, yeah, I mean, there's a uh, hundred and sixty guys that you know play teams are evaluating to see if there's somebody that they want to pick up and look at the film from, you know, training camp and from the preseason games. Um, next week, you take 33 to what, 27 players times 32 teams. 
that's a lot more film that the evaluators are going to go through. So, yeah, I think it gives them a little bit of an advantage right now. I'm glad that you say that. I know Spags addressed the taco situation. Like that caught me a little bit off guard in that. I know there's the injury, but I thought there's still upside in that player. Did, did you get a better read from what Spags had to say? Yeah, I, I I think that really, honestly, what it came down to, it wasn't as much of a reflection on, on taco as it was really a, a shining a light on, on Tim Ward and Damone Harris. I mean, I think that, and, and Joshua Kando, you can throw him in there too. Um, I think other guys just outplayed him. And so it's, it, maybe it isn't as much of a knock on, on Taco, although I do think that, you know, the, the ankle injury was still bothering him a little bit. And he had, he had talked about it earlier during camp that there were good days and bad days and, and he, he was putting on a brave face. But I do think that that, that ankle was, was still a little bit, you know, of a hindrance for him. I'd like to see what happens when he's fully healthy and maybe that'll give him a chance, you know, if he doesn't sign with the team immediately or he does hook up with somebody, hopefully they'll be able to they'll, they'll give him some rest and, and let him recuperate because I think that at, at full speed at a hundred percent, I think I think Taco can still play in this league. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you said that because I, I felt the ankle was was holding him back as well. I wondered and and I asked out loud into the ether yesterday if no one's seen anything on this preseason film of him enough, could he go just not get signed? Is there a possibility that after the 53 cutdown, we think there's going to have to be some process with LDT? Is that a possibility for him to come back? Maybe they stash him. Maybe they put him on the practice squad and let him recoup. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, I you know, very often do I you know say that the door is closed, and unless a player has really closed the door in Kansas City themselves, um, or their play has done it for them, and there's been an off the field issue, I definitely think that there would absolutely be you know willingness to to reembrace Taco if the the situation came up down the road, and injuries can do that, and getting healthy can do that. So, yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that, you know, probably I, given given Taco's, you know, career where he is, I'm sure he would jump at the chance to get on the 53 anywhere. So that mm-hmm. would probably be his per, first preference. Um, but, yeah, with the ability to have some veterans on the, on the practice squad, Chiefs might have their limit. We don't know. But I, I don't think there'd be any problem with him considering the possibility. Yeah, I, I, I still look for his upside in the future once he's recovered. Um, interesting that you mentioned Damone Harris. Um, I thought that he's been coming on a little bit too. And, and I wonder if they're, if you had to pick today who makes the 53, is it, is it Ward? Is it Harris? Is it neither? It's a great question because right now, you know, my 53 that's over at chiefsdigest.com and, and looking at the roster, I've got nine on the 53 right now with Ward and Harris, you know, battling for, for probably the last spot. Cause I do think that they will keep 10 and it's a tough call. I mean, even even watching practice uh, this week, I mean, I think it's still a tough call because those those two guys um, both seem to be getting you know fairly equal reps. Um, we'll I, I think it's going to be you know th- really the next few days and that 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 preseason game on Friday night will go a long way to determining that battle. And like we talked about, I mean, you know, the Chiefs have a lot of tough calls to make as far as how many they keep at each position group. I do think that that defensive line they do like to keep ten there. And I think that they will. And I think it will be six defensive ends and, and four tackles. And if that's the case, I mean, it helps both those guys. But I really, I mean, unless there's an injury in the next few days, I think there's only room for one of them. It's going to be tight. There's a lot more to talk about. And I want to get into uh, not just parks, but what it means going forward. We'll do that after this. It is that time of year again. And the football teams are back. The gridiron action is about to start. And I'm pretty excited about it. 
As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college action that you want to get into the game. Get all the odds, props, contests, and the biggest half million dollar mega contest, as well as the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. They're all over there right now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website, use your mobile device or anything else. You get a hundred percent welcome bonus if you use our code. That is locked on for the promo code. And be sure to take advantage of the opening day bets. You get that full refund. Even if you lose, BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet all of your action for every sport that you care about. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We mentioned Parks in the beginning. I I thought that his veteran presence was going to help him make this roster. Um, How much was that a surprise for you? And is it just that he was been outplayed by younger guys? Yeah, I mean, it really is just, you know, once again, being played out, played by younger guys. I didn't think that Will Parks did anything to hurt himself. I mean, I, th- I thought he had a decent camp. Um, it's just a matter that I think that the Chiefs have a, a top four that they are comfortable with. And I'm pretty close to putting Imani Watts in that final four. I mean, I've got him at the top of the bubble right now. Um, but I think that the departure of Parks, for sure, I think to me, you know, seals up a, a spot for Watts. Uh, not so much from a defensive standpoint. I mean, he can certainly give you some defensive snaps, but special teams is his forte. Um, and then there's still, you know, the possibility that they could keep a fifth safety. I mean, I still think it's the way that the the roster stacking up right now. I think the odds are that they're more likely to keep six a sixth cornerback mm-hmm. than a fifth safety. Um, but it's still possible. And, and I, but I think that it's a lot more likely that a guy like Zane Anderson and Devin Key or both or neither or one of them. Some combination thereof ends up on the practice squad. So as you have it right now, you're for obviously Sorensen, Matthew Thornhill, and then Watts is the fourth, right? Yep, that's my that's my four right now. Okay. And so what does that mean for, for the Monday and Tuesday practices, the two big ones? Who's getting still looks with the ones? Is, is Juan back there all the time? Is he and Anderson still rotating? Has what we haven't seen Watts in a while. What's he doing? Yeah, I probably not a whole lot I can technically tell you since ah. depth, since it's a closed practice. Depth charts and, and position are groups safety. are technically off the off the record. Okay, um, but I, I can I can tell you that honestly, from what we've seen in practice the, the couple of days this week, they've been consistent with what we saw at the end of training camp and what you've seen in the preseason games. Okay, so there are safeties; they are practicing; they will be on the roster. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it, it takes me down the road to, I, I think Spagnuolo made it very clear, that there's a lot of tough decisions on this particular roster. And that, I would have thought that it'd be harder to make it as a guy on the offensive side, the Fortunes and the Fountains and the guys that we've been talking about. But it seems like the decisions are nearly as tough here for Steve Spagnuolo and, and particularly Dave Merritt on the defensive side. Like, How do you feel this process is going to come down to how much are we dependent on this next game? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to dis- be decided on, on frankly, both sides of the ball, but you're right. I mean, there's still on the defensive side, there's nothing completely settled. Um, like I said, I mean, it, there's going to be a, the biggest battle, frankly, right now on these, on these, these teams is really the last spot versus, you know, on let's say defensive line versus the last spot at linebacker or last spot at corner versus last spot at safety. There's still some compelling, mad, you know, you know, bu- you know, bubble competitions there within those position groups. But, you know, I mean, hey, uh, uh, the, guy, the chances of a uh, Tim Ward and a Jamone Harris both making the roster, 
I mean, that's tough. I mean, especially if you're talking about going to 11 on a defensive line, especially if you're trying to keep five linebackers and, and taking keeping 10 defensive backs. And then you get on the other side of the, the ball and you're talking about trying to keep six receivers and 10 offensive line and four tight ends. The math doesn't add up. And I, I was really surprised because I, I asked Steve Spagnolo on Tuesday about, you know, that linebacker position. Because remember last year, you know, starting the season, they only kept four guys. And, and right now, I mean, I think even five and six guys at that position have made an argument to stick this year. And, and I just don't know how deep that they are going to go, especially with some other positions. Um, and there might even be some surprise cuts there. I mean, I, I've got Dorian O'Daniel, Darius Harris, and Amari Cobb all on the bubble right now behind Hitchens, Gay, Bolton, and Neiman. I think those four clearly are going to make the 53. But I could see, honestly, I could see all three of them making it. I could see one or two. I could see zero, um, especially from the comments today from Spagnola, because I, I thought he might make a little bit more of a case for keeping in more linebackers this year. But it's possible that they won't, especially since they do like to put safeties in the box and they've got Dan Sorensen. And, and if they do keep another younger guy, maybe they, they've got the depth elsewhere. Do you, do you think that there's a shift here? We've seen, um, not to make you... I'll put you on the spot about practice again. Apologies for that. Um, we've seen Zane Anderson play at the back of the defense, but he's got the body type. He can come up and give you some of those box reps that we've seen Sorensen do over the years. Um, the question of durability, I'm sure, because I don't know that we've seen him take a pounding like that. But does that, I think, open the door? If you feel like you can get special teams play and you want to have the safety depth, does that open the door for playing even more time than we've seen, playing some double robber, playing some things where you're putting guys into the box that we're not necessarily used to see. Yeah, it's a possibility. And, you know, and I go back to, to, I mean, I think this team in their sub packages are going to look different this year. I mean, are they still going to play plenty of three safeties? Yeah, they will because they, they really like their three safeties and, and you're facing a lot of teams that are going to be throwing the football against you. And that just gives you a little bit better matchup, but at the same time, you know, with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton and, and even Anthony Hitchens, I think they feel better about their linebacker group being able to cover uh, and, and playing in the passing passing game a little bit more. So they got the ability to do that. And plus, you know, I, you know, we've seen plenty of dime looks with four corners on the field. And I think that that's a distinct possibility that you're going to see because they really like their corners group. Um, safety, I'll be honest. I mean, that's the one position, I mean, of everything on this roster and I do. I mean, I let me just say this is grading on a curve. I, mean, I think this roster is better than it was two years ago. I mean, I think this is a deeper team all around than it has been the last few seasons. Um, safety is a one position that I, uh, an injury or two there is really going to challenge that depth because, you know, they, they really at this point, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't see me surprised they only kept four guys. And, and then after that, you know, you are talking about just young guys. You know, you know, and Anderson and the key, if they stick around or they're on the practice squad, that depth at safety could be challenged pretty quickly. Whereas I think that they could sustain injuries in a lot of other positions a lot easier than safety. I think it's going to be telling. And, and you mentioned something. With, we're going to wait on that because that's going to get into a deeper discussion. But uh, <laughs> we'll get into the, the, the details and what this week is on the overall scope of the preseason coming up next. We got to tell you about our pals at Built Bar, and you've heard us talk about them before, and we just can't stop because we enjoy them so much. Whether it was the special flavors like the coconut brownie chunk or the grasshopper cookie, like there are a number of things that make them very unique that they make their bars for their customers. And at the end of the day, they're all nutritious in terms of right around 150 
130 to 180 calories is the range, all with 17 or 18 grams of protein in one bar and low sugar, low net carbs, like five grams of sugar on the average. And it comes in handy when you're trying to fulfill your workout regimen, whatever diet plan you're on, whatever you're trying to do nutritionally, Built Bar can help you there. And at the end of the day, they taste great. And that's what it comes down to with all their flavors, whether it's the coconut chunk brownie, uh, whether they're standard flavors like salted caramel cookies and cream and German chocolate. Uh, mint brownie is one of my favorites. There's a lot out there. I think you'll find something that you can enjoy today. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your next order. Use that promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your next order at built.com. Now, you said something about a guy that uh, I think we we kind of opened our eyes quite a bit a few, wow, what was it, six or eight weeks ago at this point. But Hitch came in and said, hey, you know, I'm I'm lighter. I'm going to work back to my, my play-in weight, but I'm lighter now. Well, all of a sudden, he came out today. He's like, 231? Is that the number that I heard? And are you comfortable with Anthony Hitchens at 231? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he does look pretty trim. And I mean, and it doesn't look like there's pulled out of body fat there, too. I mean, he's really been taking care of himself. And, you know, the, the important thing is, is that he's still talking about ramping it up. I don't think he's as fully, you know, where he, he plans to be later in the season. Um, that's something that, you know, we talk about. Singing. Some players tend to gain weight during the year. Some guys lose weight. I mean, it depends on the positions, but then, you know, some guys just de- defy the logic. I mean, <laughs> it just depends on, the, on their body types and their metabolism and a lot of other factors about which way that they go. Uh, but that was, I think, one of the reasons big time that, you know, that Hitchens wanted to, to come in a little bit lighter because he does, I think, tend to gain a little bit weight through the season. So I don't think that he's all the way there. Um, but I mean, I, I think the evidence, at least what you see on film is that he's faster. I mean, he's been quicker and, and I think he's just had a little bit more energy on the field. And, you know, when we got to talk to him earlier in the week, I mean, he did, I mean, he said it's still a work in progress. I mean, he's not, you know, completely where he wants to be physically, but he feels really good about his plan and what's happened so far. And it feels like he's going to be in good shape. And honestly, I mean, at least short term, it seems like it's been paying off because he looks like going into the season, he's going to be healthy uh, for the first time in a long time. And, and I, I think the Chiefs are, you know, at least are doing a good job of managing his workload, too, that I think you'll see continuing into the season to try and keep him fresher longer. Yeah, I think that's really key uh, because, like you said, if they go light at that position, then it's it's fragile. I, and I think they're very excited about the young guys. Um, I'm super excited about Willie to see him actually have the time to develop. Now I want to see him go. So I'm happy about that. But this week in particular is about teaching those young guys how to get ready for ball games, how to prepare, how to do your install, how to study up that week about that opponent and the guys you're going to face. I know that this is just a tune up and there's still guys that are trying to make the roster and they have to be focused on that. But do you, do you notice anything of, of more of a priority or more of a, um, a, a mentor kind of attitude about getting this large group of young players that have to play ready for the the actual aspect of being a professional in this league. Yeah, you know, and I think that's interesting because, you know, at least the one part that we get to see on the field, you know, you do see a lot of communication during practice, you know, and I think it's been true this week in particular um, because it's been up to the veterans, I think, to, to kind of share with the young guys about how to manage the heat how to manage their body during this week, because it's, I mean, like I said, they are treating this as a game week. Um, so, you know, whereas you go to training camp and you see a lot of ones versus ones and twos versus twos, 
Now, this is scout team. I mean, this is, you know, it's the the number one offense, number one defense are going up against scout team looks all week long. So, you know, you've got, you know, whoever's on the scout teams wearing jerseys representing the Vikings this week. So you can kind of, you know, identify their playmakers and, and you know, and those are those are guys who are trying to mirror what the Vikings do. Um, it's a lot more of just, you know, the, uh, the, the scout teams servicing the starters. And so you get a little bit of that, but like I said, I mean, you, I think we've seen a lot more communication as far as, you know, that you, you do see the veterans going over and, and talking to the younger guys, whether it's on, you know, even the mistakes that they've made, or like I said, I think it's just a little bit about managing this week because remember, I mean, even though these guys have been here for you know, younger players or newcomers to this team have been here for OTAs and everything, they haven't been through a game week. I mean, they haven't gone through the process. I mean, none of them have played at Arrowhead, you know, if you're new to the team. So, and that's a whole different experience too. I mean, the locker rooms are different. I mean, the whole, what, everything you do this week is a different process. So that's why for Andy Reid, it's, he, he loves, and, and, and only having one preseason game at home this year, I think puts an even bigger premium on getting everything right and making sure that you know the process. I mean, it's more to it than just, you know, showing up at the game. I mean, it's just, you've got to be prepared for how to practice that week, what your expectations are, when the meetings are, all of that. And, I mean, that's a whole new process for a lot of guys in this team. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think that on top of getting ready for this last game, your last chance to make the roster, this is going to be critical for a number of positions like we've talked about. But we won't get a chance to talk to you before that game again. So I want to get your rundown. Who are the guys – that can play themselves onto the roster and make it definite this week. Let's start on offense. Who do you think can do that? Yeah, I think it's really big for a, a few guys. Um, and the guys who are really on the bubble to me, I mean, I think it's Darwin Thompson. I think it's Jody Fortson. I think it's uh, Reese Fountain. I mean, I think those are the biggest three. Offensive line's a little bit trickier. Uh, for so many reasons that I think there might be some guys that make this team because, because, you know, they do have some injury issues. Um, but I don't think there's a huge bubble there. I mean, I, I think that the borderline, you know, might be a Nick Allegretti, but I, I can see Allegretti making this team easily. So I, I don't think that that spot is necessarily, you know, really, I don't think there's anything that he can do or any of the other guys on the offensive line can do to make or break spots. I mean, I think that they're pretty much where they are. Um, but if you're if you're Reese Fountain and you get some special team snaps, you may need to make the most of them. And because I, I think a guy like Jody Fortson and, and Darwin Thompson have proven that they can play. So mm-hmm. if you get those reps, I mean, you really you need to prove yourself. But I think it's it's really big for those three guys. And if you don't see those three guys play at all or very little, then it's going to tell you a lot about where they are, because the guys that, you know, especially in the second half, who are getting a lot of the work are going to be the guys that are on the bubble. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really interested to see what they do with the uh, the backup tackle situation on the offensive line. On, on the defense, it's about the position groups that we've talked about, uh, specifically Armani, Zane Anderson, Devin Key. Um, for me, I know Spag still feels that Baker's coming along. Like I think he's a shoe in for the roster, but I want to see where he is progression-wise. For him, I think this is a step towards regular season velocities and everything else and see just where he is in his recovery. Who to you can play themselves onto the roster on the defensive side? Yeah, that's probably a little bit longer list because, you know, I do think that, you know, on the offensive side, we're probably just talking about whether you keep a fourth tight end or a sixth wide receiver on the, uh, on the defensive side, you do actually have some really tight battles there. Like I said, I think there's only one defensive line spot for either Tim Ward or Damone Harris, one of them. And whoever shines this week might have the best shot. 
Um, linebacker, same thing. I mean, Dorian Daniel, Darius Harris, I think they'll both have great shots at, at making a case for the team. But I don't know that either one of them has necessarily made it first. And 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 no Daniel being a special teams guy. I mean, if if you're if you're Darius Harris, you need to try and see if you can't talk Dave Tobin to getting as many defensive or special team snaps this week as you can and make some plays. And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think the Andre Baker is pretty close to making this roster. I don't think that it's I, I, it's maybe a bit of a toss up between him and Bo Pete Keys, but I feel like get consistently Baker. I think his has been winning that contest. Uh, but once again, it's going to come down to, again, how many corners do you keep versus safeties? And if you if you keep a sixth corner, I mean, then both those guys have made it, and it means somebody at safety is going to lose out. It's going to be a tough one. I'm really interested to see what happens. Folks, Friday night's going to be it, so make sure you do it. It's different process this year <laughs> we're going to be there matt's going to have his final 53 at this point i'll run it down as well and just enjoy this game matt thanks for setting us up for it absolutely take care everybody folks we will talk to you next time thanks for doing this and uh click the like and the sub and the stuff on uh youtube i always forget to say that but hey this was locked on chiefs thanks for listening and watching Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.